We learned last week that when people are afraid, they ask government to do much more. That can have serious consequences, especially if government has an agenda. I fear for our country. If we go along business as usual, not informed, not aware of what's going on, then the very small minority that have a plan and are great at organizing the uninformed and misguided will make sure their plan is carried out. I hope you realize it won't just be your children and grandchildren that pay the horrific price of living in the society they're trying to create. No, it will be far worse than that. If America goes down economically, it will go down militarily. If America goes down militarily, we all go down. The free world is finished, and it will be finished for a very, very long time. This is Understanding the Times Radio with Jan Markell. Last week, Jan and co-host Eric Barger began a two-part conversation with filmmaker Curtis Bowers. This week, the second half of that series with Curtis about his new documentary, Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit. As we learned last week, Curtis's video is a powerful expose of the communist, socialist, progressive attempt to take over America. Our two-part broadcast should open your eyes to shocking developments in our world. Now let's join Jan Markell and Eric Barger as they meet with Curtis Bowers. Welcome to the program. We look at news, views, truths from a decidedly biblical perspective. And this is part two of a two-part series we began last weekend with Curtis Bowers, filmmaker who has just produced a sequel to his Agenda film of 2010. It's called Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit. America's in trouble. It's in trouble because we've got activists on the left who are determined to bring us down. And last week we talked about what part of that agenda was. We're going to continue that discussion again this week. I'll tell you more about how to get a hold of this DVD. It's 80 minutes. We're selling it for $18 here at Olive Tree Ministries, and I'll give that info a little bit later. Eric Barger is in studio as my co-host. Curtis Bowers is on the phone with me, and we have been talking to him all last weekend about the agenda. And Curtis, a couple of topics we did not get to last week, and we need to this week. And one of them would be this extremist assimilation that you talk about. Again, the left will use anything and support any group of people if they think it will destroy their two greatest enemies. And you make this point over and over again. The two greatest enemies to them, to the left, are Christianity and freedom. You go into some real explanation about who is behind this agenda as it concerns even Islamic terror. And you bring out the fact that Islamic terror is under the direction of Marxists, not Islamists. Please expand on this. This is fascinating. Well, it it makes sense with my study in the Marxist mind for the last seven, eight years now. I mean, they're masters of using people. Mm -hmm. I mean, Lenin himself said, seize every, even the smallest opportunity of gaining a mass ally, even though this ally be temporary, vacillating, unstable, unreliable, and conditional. Those who do not understand this fail to understand even a grain of Marxism. Marxism is about using people, all people. You become all things to all people. And 
I think it's clear, if you study terrorism, world terrorism in the 20th century, you'll be shocked of one thing when you go start studying it. There's no mention of Islamic terrorism until the late 50s and early 60s. All terrorism in the 10s, 20s, 30s, and 40s, 50s was openly communist terrorism. Of course, they don't blow themselves up because they're atheists, they want to live, but they were blowing up buildings and train stations and police stations all over the world, causing chaos in different countries, so then they could then use the chaos to rise to power and take control of different countries, at which they did over and over again through the 20th century. Well, they realized that Islam, an ideology very much like their own, has the same goal of world domination. And so they realized, wait a minute, and these people actually like killing themselves for the cause. Right. And so, so it's a dream come true for the Marxist mind, because they don't want to die. They're atheists. This is all they have. And so if they can get other people to believe it's a God's happy with this or whatever, and they'll blow themselves up for the cause, they love that. So in the 1930s, it's crystal clear they were penetrating all the seminaries and divinity schools in America to get a hold of the Christian church, but they were likewise doing the same thing over in the Middle East, which is much closer to Russia, of course. And so... As you dig in and study this, you see the training, the funding, the guns, all through the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, until today. It's all from the Soviet Union and Red China. It still is today. That's what's going on. People seem to think it's a separate entity all by itself, and every now and then, you know, Russia will have a terrorist attack to make it look like it's legit. But what was so neat is a few years ago, Alexander Litvinenko, who was a Russian KGB agent, so he obviously knew what was going on in Russia, when he defected to the West, he told us, he said, the terrorist attacks that had been done against Russia, he goes, we did them ourselves, the KGB, because we were wanting people to think we were opposed to radical Islam, because we're really the hand that controls it. The movement, the anti-Americanism of it, the anti-Israel impact of it, that is coming from them, and they're helping stir up the pot to cause the chaos and cause the, the trouble in these countries. I mean, look what's happened in the Middle East, even. They've gotten all very friendly, Marxist-type, Russian-friendly people in power of all those countries that used to be pro-Western people. But Obama and the State Department pressed those people yes. out of there. They weren't perfect. And so the, the Marxists were happy to put in people that Russia and Putin are very happy with over there. Again, as you dig in, it's like, oh, my goodness, they did the same thing to them that they're doing to us. They're using these people to get control, and they've never found a better tool ever in their history. And you bring out the fact that uh, the number one man in al-Qaeda was trained by the KGB. I'm well aware of the fact that Mahmoud Abbas, head of the Palestinian Authority, was trained by the KGB. Yeah, uh, the, the PLO, yeah, the, the Palestine Liberation Organization, which mm-hmm. most people in America definitely remember that. If you were alive in the 70s and 80s, yeah. you remember that. We know now that that wasn't like a Islamic group the Marxists and Soviets infiltrated and took over. They started that. Mm-hmm. The KGB themselves started the PLO. They act like they were Islamic people. They were down there, and they started. And we know that from the, all the KGB files that have been released now. That was actually a Soviet-run organization from the beginning. It wasn't captured and taken over. So, no, they've been in this for a long time because they have a goal of world communism, and they will not stop until that is complete. And people, And they love the fact that most of us, even some that might be listening to me, think, what is this guy talking about? 
find out that doesn't even exist anymore. They love that. Mm -hmm. They have been the greatest masters of Mm -hmm. deceit in the history of the world because they have convinced their opposition they don't even exist anymore. Curtis, I'm sure somebody out there listening right now is wondering about what about Afghanistan, the Mojahideen, and the battle that they had supposedly with Russia. Where did the Mojahideen fit into this? They must have just been radical Islam that wasn't going to go along with the rest of the, the plan. But I want you to speak to that if you would. Oh, it's a key issue. A good friend of mine that's in the movie, Trevor Loudon, one of his friends infiltrated the New Zealand Communist Party back in the 80s and was sent to Moscow to train at Lenin's Institute of Higher Learning, where they have 6,000 students at a time, on, some of them on seven-year courses. And so you, you get a real glimpse of what's going on. This is in the early 80s, so the Soviet Union's still around. And this is in the middle of the Afghan war and some of those things. And he was there to hear this. And they came, people were coming saying, why are you allowing this little two-bit tribal country to take on the Soviet Union? You can't beat them. And he said the strategist sat down with him and said, listen, America had Vietnam. It bloodied their nose. Mm-hmm. We are doing this intentionally. We have gone into Afghanistan to lose. So we look, so the whole world will be saying, why would you worry about the Soviet Union? They couldn't even beat Afghanistan. They must not be the power we thought they were. It was all part of the strategy. This he heard with his own ears at the school that he had infiltrated and took notes on it and then conveyed it to us. And it's amazing. So even Afghanistan was a purposeful piece in the puzzle of making the world think, well, good night. I guess the Soviet Union is not some big superpower. And it helped us then slowly later start disarming and start doing things and stuff. So anyway, so that's another point of deception that most people have a completely different view of. They think, oh, Afghanistan and Russia were fighting. No, they went down there and stirred things up intentionally, but never tried to win it. They could have wiped them out in one day if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. They would have used nuclear weapons and been, right. the game would have been over. But that wasn't the point. It It was to convince us they are not a threat and we should help them out and allow the transition, which was starting to take place then later in the mid 80s. Gorbachev started to act like, oh, it's all, we're all friends now and we just need some help with some technology and some money and to feed our people and and we won't be mean anymore if you just help us out. And of course, since then, we have given them hundreds of billions of dollars, all the latest technology for the last 20 years now, and they have been paid very well for acting like they went away. You're listening to Understand. The Times Radio. I am Jan Markell, and uh, Eric Barger is in studio with me as my co-host. We're talking to uh, Curtis Bowers, who's come out with an updated version of Agenda, Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit. We carry it, olivetreeviews.org, views as in viewpoint. And you can give us a call as well or get onto our various newsletters, e-newsletter, print newsletter, and so forth, and get a hold of this absolutely must-see 80-minute video. And Curtis Bowers, you say the left says they care about Muslims, blacks, the poor, women, environment, and children, but they could care less. They only care about totalitarianism and transforming America. And I think that is so profound, particularly in this political season, when everybody, particularly on the left, is talking about the uh, rights of Muslims, women, black, the poor, etc. You feel they could could care less, and I would agree. Well, it's clear. You look at the great society programs of the 60s, and you look at Lyndon Johnson, and you look at the warnings he was given that that will destroy the black families in America if you institute these great society programs. But, of course, they did anyway because they knew they would get the votes of, of that block. And you look now, even if that was well-meaning, if you believe, oh, no, I think they really were trying to help them. Well, then you look and you go, well, yeah, okay, we've done it for over 50 years now. And it has destroyed the black families in America. Back then when it started, there were 70% of intact mother-father-child mm-hmm. homes. Today, it's 70% single mothers leading those families in utter poverty, and it didn't help them at all. But we keep doing 
doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it shows, wait a minute, if you, you would learn after a year or two, hey, this isn't helping these people. We want to help them. So you look at thing after thing and you see that's the case. But to me, they were exposed more than they ever have been with Islam. Islam, if you want to call it a religion, it's not. It's a totalitarian ideology that has a little religion mixed in. But look at Islam. It's fine for a husband to beat his wife. You know, women have no rights at all. Homosexuals are stoned to death. All the different things, and yet the left loves it. And as I looked at it, I go, wait a minute, this is exposing them, that they really don't care about the homosexuals. You wouldn't be helping or promoting a group in America that thinks they should be all stoned to death. Mm. You, if, you, if you're really for women, the feminist movement, are you right. going to, to allow people to come to your country that are beating their wives, and that's fine? That's not against the rules or anything? And on and on, you look through all the different elements of Islam, the whole Sharia law and all the things that are implemented in that, it's all against everything that they say that they're for. I saw that, I said, wow, they have exposed themselves here because any thinking person will say, why would they be so pro-Islam when we just see the torture and the slavery these women are under? Anyway, it's it's all smoke and mirrors for power and control. But unfortunately, there have been many, many naive people that have bought into them because they're masters of packaging the language where it really does sound good. That's it right there. You know, Islam itself is, I think, less than 20% religious. The rest of it's ideology that goes beyond the religion, and that's something that Americans or Westerners in general really haven't gotten. Gentlemen, I'd like to move on to another topic here. In the interest of time and clock races, when we're talking about these very interesting issues, we could go on forever. But I'd like to focus for at least a few minutes here on this evangelical sub version that you bring out. And I'm talking to Curtis Bowers, who is the producer of this newest DVD that we're carrying. And Peter Hammond in the film makes a, a point here that the World and National Council of Churches are heavily involved in the leftist agenda. I've been aware of that because I actually have I've researched them. And, and, and I want to talk about this for a few moments. And, and you referenced earlier that the seminaries and divinity schools were infiltrated some time ago. And I know, Eric, you talk about this a lot because the mainline Protestants were infiltrated back in the 1920s, and this has just been a continuing problem. But, Curtis, speak to us for a few minutes here about this infiltration, heavily on the religious left, but now it's creeping into evangelicalism as well. The communist, Marxist, socialist, progressive ideas cannot coexist in a world where the Judeo-Christian principles and families, institutions, and churches are strong, and they know that. That's why they want to break apart the family, want to break, because they know if that father and mother are there together leading those children, we can, we're not going to get those kids, so we've got to break everything apart that God has designed. So because of that, the Christian church throughout the world, but specifically in America, they knew that has to go. If you have a strong, healthy Christian church in America, we will never succeed in our plans because they will have too much influence. They will have the audience in their churches to be able to educate and inform to the lies that are going on. So we got to penetrate them. I mean, Lenin himself said, Mm. the best way to control the opposition is to lead it. And that is exactly what has happened. They realize, okay, we got a little fringe minority, and the congressional record bears this out, so this isn't my little opinion. It's, as you dig in, and I show some of it in the movie, but there's so much more out there if you dig in. Back in the 40s and 50s, our congressional committees, Un-American Activities, were researching and interviewing and examining different communist leaders throughout the country. They let us know what they were doing. They go, we went into the seminaries immediately back in the 30s, because we knew we had so few people, we needed to be influencing the pastors themselves and then they would go out and influence the masses for us. And so that's what they did. And some people think, oh, that's hard to believe. And it is hard to believe. But the proof is in the pudding. I mean, if you look 
at all of our so-called evangelical seminaries today. I mean, that's supposed to be our seminaries training our pastors. The vast majority, I think I said the movie 85%, but I think I've since been corrected by a man. He said it is 95% of the seminaries in America that are our seminaries do not believe in the inerrancy of Scripture, that the Bible is God's Word and without error. 95% of our seminaries. So, so if you don't have a book you can stand behind, and you don't know what parts are true or false mm-hmm. or whatever, then it's just a bunch of good stories for some motivational sermons, and then you start looking for causes. You're looking for things to rally the people behind, and that's why the left has had just such, a, such an easy go of it with environmentalism, or you know, they'll package it, of course, as creation care, because <laughs> they know that sounds good to us, even though they don't believe in the creator or creation, they're evolutionists. It's just on and on, you look at it, it's humorous almost, how carefully they package these things to appeal to us, especially those that are naive and then those that aren't truly saved. They haven't been regenerated. They're not a new creature. And so they're just someone that thought the Bible was a good book and their pastor tells them. I sat on the plane next to a lady just a couple of weeks ago. I went through all this stuff with her and just sharing the gospel with her. And she goes, I've been a Sunday school teacher for 35 years and there is no hell. And I was like, wow. What are you talking about? That's the whole foundation of the Bible. That's what Jesus saved us from. And to make a long story short, she says, my pastor has three PhDs, and he said, no one can understand the Bible if you haven't studied it under three PhD programs. Mm-hmm. And he told me, there is no hell. Everyone's going to heaven, and everything's fine. <laughs> so that's, again, he obviously is a masterful, liberal, progressive yeah. in there, yeah. lying to his flock and turning the church into a social program. That's what she exactly. said. We're, we're just for fighting for other people's rights and things. That, that was the whole point of the church. Well, that's the religious left. Unfortunately, we've got evangelicalism being corrupted as well. And I want to talk a little bit more about that. And we can do that in our next segment. But we've got this environmental movement. And Curtis, you say right in the film, environmentalism isn't just like communism. You say it is communism. And you need to explain that in my next segment. Why exactly is environmentalism? It's not like communism. It is communism. And this is why I get so troubled by the various evangelical environmental outfits. I'm going to refrain from naming them, but uh, I have named them before and I write about them. And it seems that the new emphasis of even the evangelical church is save the planet. Uh, What happened to saving souls? That seems to have gone by the wayside. We're going to continue our discussion in just a couple of minutes. And again, if you'd like this DVD, first of all, you might want to get CDs of these two programs. Call my office, please. If you wouldn't mind, call the office and we'll get some CDs out to you in the next couple of weeks. You can pass them on to friends. The program can be listened to online, olivetreeviews.org, views as in viewpoint, and you can get the DVD, and that's what we're encouraging, Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit. I think this needs to be shown in every church, in every small group, in every adult forum, Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit. Curtis Bowers is the producer and the writer of the presentation. He had Agenda Grinding America Down. That's back in 2010. I'm coming back in a couple of minutes. We're going to continue talking about this evangelical subversion. Don't go away. After hearing Understanding the Times on the radio, my husband and I attended Jan's conference. We've been regular radio listeners since that time. I appreciate hearing the inconvenient truth. Thanks, Jan, for being our watchman on the wall. I do listen to the radio show. I listen to it on Saturday live, and then I try to catch it again on Sunday. I love to hear the prophecy stuff. I always learn something there. Hi, Jan. I just wanted to thank you very, very much for your show. There aren't very many shows out there that I can turn on and know that, first of all, it's going to be honest. Second of all, that I'm going to get the full truth from a godly point of view, from the Word of God, not a altered or 
tainted view. I can always count on that hour that it's going to be it's going to be a meat show. It's not going to be side dishes. You're just going to get right in there, get to the point. Love that. Thank you so much, Jan. That you're not shying away. You're not pulling back. You're just going for it and the boldness that you have. And yet you're, what you say is so full of power. And uh, we just love that. So thank you so much, Jan. And you're just a wonderful woman of God. And there's lots of crowns waiting for you, girl. So thank you, Jan. We love you. Our two-part Understanding the Times radio series with Curtis Bowers is now available. To order your copies, just call 763-559-4444. If you want to get the full interview with Curtis Bowers, ask for both last week and this week's session. His documentary, Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit, the basis of our radio series, is available now in our web store at olivetreeviews.org. Or you can order Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit, when you phone 763-559-4444. Again, our bookstore order line, 763-559-4444. Our mission is to keep the body of Christ informed with the best information concerning our times. Curtis Bowers is just one example of the kind of quality guest we bring to our microphones every week. Will you help keep this kind of programming coming to your local radio station? Will you help us with a financial gift? Please send your tax-deductible donations to Olive Tree Ministries, Post Office Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. In just a moment, we'll return to our guest. But first, another reminder about our next conference event in October. If you are wanting some like-minded fellowship with remnant believers, consider joining us for our one-day Understanding the Times 2016 event, Saturday, October 15. We meet at the same location, Grace Church in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, just outside of Minneapolis. There is no cost or registration needed. Our guests include Amir Sarfati from Israel. You must understand that in order to get the people to be one, in order to accept one government, one world leader, and it's all about bringing the whole world one, you also must create a global one world religious system. And Graham Lotz will be joining us this year. But the world is not falling apart. It's actually falling into place. God is in control. He's in charge. The events that you're witnessing and experiencing have been foretold in Scripture. So God's plan is at work. Bible prophecy comes alive through the teaching of Dr. Mark Hitchcock. Out in our secular culture today, people are thinking about uh, the end times. I like to just put it like this, apocalypse is in the air. It's just kind of a a sense that people have that this world is getting near closing time. Coming to us from Washington, D.C. is White House correspondent Bill Koenig. Today, all final day players are taking their position actively and aggressively, and all final day markers are in play. We will not be live streaming this event, so why don't you make plans to join us in mid-October to better understand the issues of the day from a biblical perspective. While our times are in His hands, God still wants us to be like the sons of Issachar who understood the times. For hotel information, visit our website, Olive Tree View or call us at 763-559-4444. That's 763-559-4444. As I was reading through Rules for Radicals to see where he was coming from, I just happened to take a look at the dedication in the front of the book. And this is what I saw. Quote, Lest we forget at least an over-the-shoulder acknowledgement 
to the very first radical, the first radical known to man who rebelled against the establishment and did it so effectively that he at least won his own kingdom, Lucifer, unquote. Saul Alinsky from Antonio Gramsci has had an incredible amount of influence on our president and on our society, and he dedicates his book openly to Lucifer, Satan. I think that says more about where their ideas and plans are based than anything else. We on the other side, we advance the idea that this is about the cause of freedom. And if it hadn't been for Jesus Christ, there never would have been a United States of America because the inspiration for freedom drove our founding fathers. They were informed by their faith and I believe guided by the hand of God. Curtis Bauer's first film was released six years ago and was titled Agenda, Grinding America Down. The one-time Idaho lawmaker turned filmmaker has released a new video this year that's a must-see for every church or small group in America. In his latest documentary, Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit, Curtis reveals how we're losing our freedoms and liberties. Today's broadcast is the second of a two-part series. Now let's rejoin Jan and Eric with their featured guest, Curtis Bowers. Welcome back. Talking last week and this week to Curtis Bowers about his new production, Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit. And I think because some folks are just joining me for the first time this week, you missed last week's presentation. We're going to play that four-minute trailer again, which gives you a quick overview of just what is this production all about. Again, you can find it at my website. Give us a call. But let's just play that four-minute trailer. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. And this is the point I think Americans need to comprehend. If America goes down economically, it will go down militarily. If America goes down militarily, we all go down. The free world is finished, and will be finished for a very, very long time. Everything, practically, is is in a self-destructive mode. We're in the most critical period we've been since the Revolutionary War. You're, you're not alert, you're not awake with what, what's happening. They would just as soon see this country on its knees and everything equalized. That concept of collectivism, big government, is a magnet for the predator class. The plans for all this are to have everything globally in place by 2020. If we're that dumb and we allow this to happen, we we deserve everything we're going to get because we're going to get it right in the neck. We're headed into what could be a nightmare that would make all the atrocities of the 20th century look like they were a dress rehearsal. When people are afraid, they ask government to do more, not less. Their theories are designed to scare the people to believe there's a crisis when there is not a crisis at all. There's no crisis. I think we're losing more and more freedom because we are afraid. The left wants you to believe that catastrophe is always just around the corner. And the only way to avoid it is to do exactly what they say. But this film will show everything they do is just a Trojan horse of deceit carefully crafted to advance their real agenda of finishing America off. We have been the main stumbling block to world communism since it first raised its ugly head. 
From the promotion of Islam to the propaganda of climate change. From the deceit of Common Core to the manufactured economic crisis. And from their manipulation of the evangelical church to the unsustainable debt burden. This film will show the issues are simply being used as a smokescreen to hide the purposeful, premeditated, treasonous attacks on the foundations of our freedom. The world religion has just purged us from being able to determine right from wrong. You know what Alexander Solzhenitsyn said about Russia? How the communists took over Russia? He said, we forgot God. Their stated agenda, carved in stone on a monument in Georgia and outlined in documents placed in the Ark of Hope, is to eliminate six and a half billion people by century's end. And they will succeed if we don't stop them. This is not just a fight for the United States of America. This is a fight for civilization itself. It's everything Karl Marx dreamed of before our very eyes. I think they've pushed us over the cliff in every sense. America isn't going to fall. We are falling. Curtis Bowers, you make the point that communism destroyed hundreds of millions of people, but in the environmental movement, and it was just played in this little clip, wants to destroy billions of people. My question, of course, is what's evangelical about that? But why don't you explain first why this movement feels they have to bump off six and a half billion people? Well, because you read all the top environmentalists and things, they say the earth cannot sustain more than 500 million people. And of course, we have 7 billion people today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that means six and a half billion need to go. And if you really dig past all the clever sounding words and phrases and save the planet and all that stuff and start digging into the environmental movement, you see a bunch of different things real quickly. One is you see the things they're saying we should do to help the environment aren't things that would be helpful to the environment. So you go, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Like, they want all of us to move into the cities. Well, that's not helpful to the environment. Everyone that knows that's ever been to a big city, they're, they're pollution cesspools. There's so much pollution created, it can't, the environment can't even absorb the pollution. The solution is spreading out into the countries and have every home have five or ten acres and managing and stewarding the ground so it's all like a beautiful garden, fruit trees, and manicured and taken care of. I mean, that, if you wanted a green, healthy planet, you would encourage people to be interested enough, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, which I think someone has said once before, that, that that's the way God wanted it. He wants to spread out and take dominion over and make it beautiful and plant flowers and trees and, and do things. I mean, everyone knows the empty lot in town. In your town, when you drive by, what does it look like? Is it a beautiful garden or is it just dead weeds and just, you know, thistles and <laughs> thorns and stuff? That's so, so clearly you look right there, you go, well, that's not a solution to this. Why would they be saying that? But then you look at the Soviet Union, you look at Romania under Ceausescu, the communist dictator. While he was a leader, he destroyed, bulldozed 7,000 villages throughout Romania and built the big concrete buildings in the city so everyone would have to move in there so he could keep an eye on them. He wanted them all right there where he could watch them carefully. And he called it systematization. So sustainability is, is really systematization repackaged for today. You look at the, the carbon dioxide is a pollutant, which is the foundation of the entire movement. That's the bedrock. CO2 is a pollutant. Well, anyone that studies that for five seconds realizes right now worldwide carbon dioxide levels are 400 parts per million. That's where we are worldwide. 
But then if you even type on Google, what's the optimum level for everything that is green? It's funny they name their movement the green movement. Yeah. You'll find the optimum level of CO2 for green things is 1,600 parts per million. We're at one-fourth of the optimum level if you really want things that are green to flourish and grow and just, just explode with life. But they've told us, no, that's a pollutant. I mean, wait a minute, something's wrong here. I mean, we should be paying companies just to build big machines that would just pump CO2 out all day, even if they weren't being productive, because that would be wonderful if you cared about what's green. Now, if you have a different agenda, that's probably not what you want to do. That's right. But but then you say, well, why would they be against CO2? Well, you realize everything productive produces CO2. Not only human beings do we exhale, exhale CO2, but all businesses, all energy use, everything produces CO2. And so they realize, how can we get control of CO2? Well, we're going to say that it destroys the planet, when really that's a lie. It's the biggest blessing to the planet there could possibly be. Well, and it is interesting that even Earth Day, which we're not going to get into here, but it's celebrated on Lenin's birthday, which uh, is very troubling, I think. Mikhail Gorbachev, and you mentioned the Green Cross. He started an environmental group when he stepped down from power. It's called the Green Cross. He was the destroyer of the environment at one time, and then he became supposedly the savior of the environment. What is that all about? And his goal, of course, more power to the UN, bigger government, less freedom, the same agenda he had went in Moscow, but now he's in San Francisco with a cleaned-up act. It's just a path to control is all it is, and it's one that, that is so subjective, and if you get enough of the of so-called experts on one side, and if the media will only give them the pulpit, then uh, you can convince the people. In the intro, in the trailer, and also all through the film, Brian Sussman appears, and I've known Brian a long, long time, stayed in his home once as I was speaking in a Christian school where his kids were in school down in the Bay Area, but he says in the trailer, there is no crisis. He's a exactly right, but he's a voice crying in the wilderness. He's a trained meteorologist and uh, now turned author, but he's not getting any press from the other side, you know, from his buddies in that field, because they know if they speak out against this, if they come out on the other side, that they might as well become a talk show host as Brian has become, because their life for a TV station where he was or anywhere else in the media is is done at that point in time. That you're finished forever. And so, so you have them in total fear because there's so much control. But here's why the environmental movement is the key. It's the dream of all dreams because it is an issue that is not singular and independent. It, mm. is, it involves the entire world. So there's no the countries That's have right. no borders. No, and so no country can say, well, we don't want to be a part of that. Everyone else can demand you have to because we're all in this together. So it, it's something I truly believe no matter how many facts we get on our side, no matter how much we try to educate, they're not going to let it go for two reasons. One, it's the perfect bill to, to legitimize what they want to do. Make people move in the cities. You can't have children. We're not going to allow you to have children because we've got to save the planet. We're not going to allow you to be productive in businesses because it hurts the planet. It allows them to do all the things they want to do, but they're doing it kind of like the good guy, the savior. But also, I don't think it's going away because you cannot step down from a cause of saving the planet to another cause without seeming like you took a huge step down. It's true, true. I mean, it's, so that's why it's not going away. It will never go away until th- that whole mindset is, is destroyed. It's not going away because it's just too grand. <laughs> it's too grand. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to go away till Jesus comes. That's that's the answer. Yeah. When he comes, then we have that, that perfect Amen. government that these people are trying to put in place with them in control. Very well said. We're talking last weekend and this, we're talking to Curtis Bowers, because my ministry is carrying his latest production, Agenda 2, 
Masters of Deceit. And let me just give a few of the folks who are speaking into this production. We've got Dr. David Noble, Phyllis Schlafly, Alan Keyes, Dr. Cal Beisner, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, Trevor Loudon, Dr. Peter Hammond, G. Edwin Griffin, Star Parker, Brian Fisher, Representative Steve King, and many, many more. But those were some highlights that I picked out anyway. Again, Curtis Bowers, what is this Earth Charter? Because I realize it's considered the new Ten Commandments for the 21st century. I know Mikhail Gorbachev has something to do with it. And what is its tie to this place in Georgia? It's very interesting and and suspicious. And yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's this big monument in Georgia. It's out in the middle of nowhere in the, on this little country road, but it has the new Ten Commandments written of even number one is the earth population has to be kept under 500 million. So it's ingrained right into it. But then it gets into all these other things to use logic instead of faith and you, all, all these just buzzwords to make Christianity not acceptable, and to make them feel like there's a reason that all these things have to happen, this environmental control. But here's the thing. Yeah, as you study, you go, wait a minute, why all the people that are in this, like, like Gorbachev, he didn't care about the environment when he was head of the Soviet Union. It was a, just a pollution factory over there. And then he gets out, and he immediately starts an environmental group, and he's one of the leaders in it. But that new Ten Commandments, it tells you a couple things. One is, I think with the Soviet Union, communism learned an important lesson. They learned that atheism does not work for most people. They want to believe mm-hmm. in something. They want to have a cause. They want to have purpose outside of themselves in life. And so Gorbachev now, who's really into some weird paganistic, uh, mystic paganism and things like that, he realized, okay, we need to add a spiritual dimension to this. And that's where environmentalism is so powerful, too, because it gives you the earth to worship. It's, it just goes back to the good old-fashioned paganism of years gone by. And so, But it adds the spirituality that a lot of people long for because we're made to be spiritual beings. But like I talk about in the movie, which, I mean, really stunned me, this earth charter that Mikhail Gorbachev, I mean, the murderous communist dictator of the Soviet Union, wrote, is now the kind of the, again, the the Ten Commandments for the movement, and they built an exact replica of the Ark of the Covenant from the Bible to put it in, to carry it around the world. And they're praying to it and worshiping as I studied it. I was blown away. I mean, so they're making it, again, a religious thing, because they know has been said many times by many famous manipulators of men, if you can add the faith dimension to any cause, it increases the people's strength tenfold. If there's also, and it's a religious thing, that's why Islam is so powerful. Mm-hmm. You've got this little religious side of it that enslaves them because the well-meaning ones think, well, that's what Allah wants us to do. I mean, so they, they feel like God wants us to do this, and we better do it. So it, anyway, communism had missed that piece of the puzzle with the Soviet Union, and now they realize, nope, we're going to throw in a little good old-fashioned paganism, because then it will help be a very useful tool to us as we become totalitarian. We'll be able to be totalitarian, to smile on our face, saying, hey, we're just saving the planet. And, and everyone will go, oh, thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate you moving us into the cities because now you're going to save Mother Earth. After I heard the trailer again mm-hmm. just then that uh, we need to explain it to folks because they won't understand what the what the Ark of Hope is all about. But it's stunning. The pictures, the, the film that, that Curtis has in the middle of his film that shows this. I mean, seeing the people literally bowing down yes. to this thing and they've taken it from the Bible and put uh, what they claim is the only hope of man inside of it. And again, this, this whole thing is a religion. Anybody who tries to argue against it and say it's just scientific, it is a religion, has been for a long time, will continue to be, and what a perfect way to try to control people like we've already 
said. Again, but uh, evangelicals are participating in this. We all know even the National Association of Evangelicals is very, very involved in environmentalism. And again, I ask, what do some of these issues that we've talked about here, this Earth Charter, what does that have to do with anything even? What does saving the planet, saving trees, what does that have to do with evangelical causes? We all know that they've changed the the very term evangelical. They changed mm-hmm. the definition. The definitions have to be changed. If Brian McLaren's an evangelical, I'm certainly not, just for an mm-hmm. example. And these are people who are now widely accepted in what was once, not long ago, good churches, are once a good church, and certainly uh, now in Bible colleges, one of the most softer speakers in our college campuses, Brian McLaren, Tony Campola, Tony Jones, it goes on and on and on. And mm-hmm. these guys claim to be evangelicals, but they've changed the term. The same thing is happening in the organizations such as the National Association. And uh, to uh, to make this an evangelical cause is completely adverse to what Scripture says. Amen. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what you think of the people involved. You might like them. and They might be very nice people. That's not the issue. The issue is this is not what the Scripture says. And doing it the way God has told us in the Bible, by actually utilizing the resources, by families owning the property. Private property is the solution. If there is environmental problems, which there are little ones we need to deal with. First of all, the world is a hundred times cleaner today than it was a hundred years ago. So we're heading in the right direction on things that are environmental problems. But the solution is private property. People take care of their property because it's an asset. It's something they're going to pass down to their children. Government property is where it's, it's just wasted and disease and rot. I mean, the national force in America out west where I live, they're all dying. They're decimated because mm-hmm. they've not been allowed to manage them and, and keep them healthy and strong. So we're going to lose them all. And then when the forest fires come through and all this dead wood is piled up because we didn't take care of them, it of course then kills all the wildlife and all the habitat that they're supposedly so much for. So it's just, it keeps snowballing and snowballing in the wrong direction in every aspect. We are all for clean air, clean water, and taking care of what God has given us. But they, all their solutions are creating more problems so they have more reason to have bigger government to solve those problems. When I get back, I'd like to talk about for the closing segment, and it's very short, what can we do about it? We've heard for two weeks here about this enormous problem and how it's out of control and government out of control, left is out of control. But what can the average listener do about it? And you actually talk a little bit about that in the film. We'll discuss that when I get back, taking a short time out. Don't go away. Before we conclude today's Understanding the Times, a quick reminder. You can listen to any of our broadcasts online at no cost at olivetreeviews.org. You can order a compact disc recording of today's program. Just phone 763-559-4444. To get the full two-part interview, we suggest you also order last week's broadcast as well. We cannot thank you enough for being a part of our faithful audience that listens to this program every weekend. We're heard coast to coast on the radio and around the globe on the World Wide Web. We're bringing the inconvenient truth to audiences everywhere. You can become a financial partner when you send your tax-deductible gifts to Olive Tree Ministries, Post Office Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. Or you can give safely and securely online at olivetreeviews.org. We'll be right back. 
Understanding the Times Radio is in its 15th year of reaching coast to coast, telling you the good news that things aren't falling apart, they are falling in place. We try to tell the truth that your traditional media never will. We also remind you that the King is coming and we encourage you to get your spiritual house in order. The costs involved can be staggering and we thank you for partnering with us. And if you cannot give financially, Pray that this outreach fall on the ears of people who truly want to understand the times and contend for the faith. If you can, drop us a tax-deductible gift to Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. That's Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. You can donate online at olivetreeviews.org, and you can call us with your gift at 763-559-4444, 4444. Be a part of a ministry that operates today, keeping an eye on tomorrow that reminds everyone to wake up and look up. There is one thing in which I am dead earnest, and that is the struggle for world communism. It is my life, my business, my religion, my hobby, my sweetheart, my wife and mistress, my bread and meat. I work at it in the daytime and dream of it at night. Its hold on me grows, not lessens as time goes on. Therefore, I cannot carry on a friendship, a love affair, or even a conversation without relating to this force which both drives and guides my life. I evaluate people, books, ideas, and actions according According to how they affect the communist cause and by their attitude toward it. I've already been in jail because of my ideas, and if necessary, I'm ready to go before a firing squad. You're listening to a two-part Understanding the Times radio series with special guest Curtis Bowers. Now let's go back to Jan Markell and Eric Barger. Essentially for the left... The choice that they see very clearly is people are going to depend upon God or they are going to depend upon government. They want people to depend upon government, so they have to destroy faith in God. At its core, it's a rebellion against God and God's uh, laws. And that's what the battle is about. That's what the assault is, is on. That's why Christianity is, is, uh, is a target. America is facing so many serious threats right now. But the reason I believe this is the most dire is because it's destroying us on the inside. Through the political correctness and dumbing down, it's causing us to lose our ability to call evil evil and stand against it. And been talking the last two weekends to Curtis Bowers because he's got a new DVD out, which we're carrying, Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit. You need to get it. You need to show it to your church, small group home fellowship, whatever. It is awesome. It is very, very powerful. It is about the leftist agenda and how they're actually winning. And Curtis, off air, you said something that uh, Karl Marx was uh, apparently cited as one of the greatest thinkers of the last thousand years. Talk to me about that, please. Yes, I know a lot of people think Marxism, that's a thing of the past that died with the Berlin Wall and so on and so forth. And But in 1999, the BBC had a survey and they, and they were asking the question, who was the greatest thinker of the last thousand years? Not hundred years, thousand. Mm-hmm. And amazingly, Karl Marx won that. Even the public recognizes Karl Marx's philosophies and ideas have had more influence on our world today than any other person over the last thousand years. And, and they're to be taken seriously because they are just rotten to their core, and they just 
destroy everything they get a hold of, and that's why people need to, to understand these things. You also were talking off-air a little bit, Curtis, about a commitment, a paragraph that you wanted to read, and, and I want to yeah. hear it. Go ahead. I just want to encourage those of you that are listening. We are in a fight with people that are satanically addicted to doing things man's way instead of God's way. And we need to have a commitment for the truth at least as equal as the commitment they have for a lie. And I just want to read you, this is a letter that was written by a communist student. He'd gone to Mexico and become a communist, and he wrote a letter back to his fiancée, breaking off the engagement because he'd found a new love. And I'm just going to read you one paragraph of it, but listen to this. There is one thing in which I am dead earnest, and that is the struggle for world communism. It is my life, my business, my religion, my hobby, my sweetheart, my wife and mistress, my bread and meat. I work at it in the daytime and dream of it at night. Its hold on me grows, not lessens as time goes on. Therefore, I cannot carry on a friendship, a love affair, or even a conversation without relating to this force which both drives and guides my life. I evaluate people, books, ideas, and actions according to how they affect the communist cause and by their attitude toward it. I've already been in jail because of my ideas, and if necessary, I'm ready to go before a firing squad. Wow. Just think if we were committed yes. to Jesus Christ and his truth and the biblical principles in our life like that. I think our problems would vaporize very, very quickly because our light would shine so bright because our commitment to truth would be that powerful and that committed. When I read that, it humbled me. I need to be more committed to these things, living them out, talking about them, influencing others with them lovingly and kindly, but consistently, um, because the other side is definitely doing that. We've allowed the PC disease to get to us. That's that's exactly what's happened. And, and yet, listen to that letter and the tone of that letter. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, very moved. How do, what's the solution here, Curtis? I mean, we've got folks in listener land, and they're, they've heard two weeks of information that's simply overwhelming and they say well what can i do in here in the suburb of you know you fill in the blank what can they do right well one is i know it it sounds bad and it, and it is but don't be discouraged it all starts with one individual at a time purposing they're going to be different they're going to make sure they're living the truth they're they're being a consistent testimony of the truth there's no greater answer for our problems in america than the gospel of jesus christ <laughs> of sharing that with people mm-hmm. and living a life when you share it with them that it makes sense it makes jesus look good because you are a different person he has changed your life you are a new creature when they see that it is so powerful and it starts one person at a time and your family There is no greater influence that any lady or man can have than being a great husband, wife, mother, father, and teaching and training those children to love truth and to hate what is evil and to be optimistic about the future because God is sitting on his throne. (laughs) He has gone nowhere. He is allowing these things to happen. Because you look at Bible history, when he allows evil to flourish, it's because he's punishing the righteous. We need to repent. There's not anybody listening, including myself, that there's not things we can repent of and get on our knees before God and say, God, I'm sorry for these things, and then go and turn and do the opposite. You don't just ask for forgiveness, you repent, which means you do the opposite of what you had erred on. It starts in your neighborhood. Just your next-door neighbors being kind, baking things for them, talking to them about important things, loving them. The light shines so bright when it is done with a sincere love for their soul like God has. I just want to encourage people, don't get overwhelmed by the big picture. picture. God has given you a circle of influence. 
And that's what you're accountable for. You're not accountable to save America. You're not accountable to save your state. You're accountable for who he has put in your work circle, your home circle, your, your life, your church circle, to be a blessing to them, to encourage them, educate, inform them, and motivate them to stand for truth. And I just know when God sees us doing that one person at a time, it is so pleasing to him that he then does the impossible things. My wife and I and my kids, we talk about it. We just say, when we've done something, even like these movies, that's not a big deal. We just did the best we could to make a movie. But what we, the way we talk about it is this. We say, let's give our loaves and fishes to the Lord and see what he does with it. Mm. And that's all we're, he does the miracles. We're just, we have to be willing to give him what we have. And that's what I encourage you to do. If you don't have much, that's fine. Just give it to him. Give it to him and be committed to him like that letter I just read. Have that kind of commitment to him because he is worth it. Mm-hmm. And he, he will not let you down. You won't be disappointed. These people that are buying these Marxist lies, they one day will realize it failed. It was a lie. It did not produce what they said it would. And, and even when that happens and things start crumbling, if you've had a good Christian testimony, they're going to turn to you and ask for answers now. When they, when they knew you were the one saying, hey, that stuff doesn't work out that way, and then they find out by example, it doesn't. They're going to be looking for us Christians, wanting to know, how did you know that wasn't going to work out? And we can open the Bible and show them, because it went against God's Word. God said, if a man doesn't work, neither shall he eat. Socialism feeds regardless. God hates that. You know, a workman is worthy of his hire. That means you're supposed to get paid according to how much work you put in. Socialism doesn't do that, so God hates it, therefore it will never work. And on and on the things go. And so, I just, again, I want to encourage you and motivate you. I want you to go out and be a light like we're supposed to be and be the salt and go out there and preserve our society one little person at a time, sharing the good news and just having a great testimony. I think there's nothing more important that we can do. And make sure you're in a good church. If you're not, you cannot stay there. And reward that pastor that's not standing up for Genesis to Revelation with courage. Mm -hmm. You have to find a church that is speaking the truth. It doesn't matter if you've been there 30 years. You have to leave because you're legitimizing something that is rotten Mm -hmm. and that is not pleasing to the Lord. Start with ourselves and slowly work out into areas in our, and make sure they're all pleasing to the Lord. And then I think he can do great things. I'm raising my children to be ready, if, if God asks them to, to rebuild after, after things collapse. When these lies all are proven to be lies, that they'll be ready. They'll know what the biblical principles are. They know what they're trying to rebuild. And they will just try to continue being a light until one day when the Lord comes back. And folks, you need to uh, know about where you're going to be spending eternity. We've been talking about things sort of falling apart. This side of heaven, but there's a wonderful and a glorious place waiting for those of us who have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and that's what we are encouraging you to do as well. And that's simply a prayer away, asking him to be the Lord and Savior of your life and having eternity assured for you. By the way, another thing we can all do, and that is vote, which many evangelicals did not do in the last two elections, and we can see the consequences. Yeah, we sure can. I think those of us who understand at least have a grip on some of what Bible prophecy teaches, mm-hmm. uh, we could be complacent and apathetic and say, well, you know, all this is going to happen anyway, and there's nothing we can do to stop it. Well, we don't know when God is going to take the church off the planet. We don't know when these things are going to happen. We see signs all around us, but we can't afford to be apathetic. He's not called us to be complacent until he decides to take us. We are to do everything we can, and as we stand against 
against evil, whether it's Marxism, pornography, whatever it might be. When we stand against evil, one thing happens every time we do. God honors it by saving people. He saves people. He answers prayers. And that's our responsibility as we're here now. And we we can't lose sight of that in the midst of going, woe is me. I wish it wasn't me watching all this happen. Well, folks, it is us watching this happen, but we don't know when the very end of the church age is going to be. And until then, let's make our mark and do everything we can to win the lost and to bring the church back to a place of biblical thinking for Jesus' sake. Again, calling attention to the film itself, Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit. Find it at olivetreeviews.org. Views as in viewpoint, olivetreeviews.org. Give my office a call. Get on our print newsletter list, e-newsletter list. You'll find the information about it. I'll send out an e-newsletter reviewing this here in the next week or so. Don't forget, you might want to get CDs of the two programs. Pass them on to friends, people who may not be familiar with this information. It's a good way to pass it on. So call my office for a couple of CDs. We ask for a real small donation. Again, I want to thank you both for joining me. Let me just close these couple of sessions by saying this, that we must always keep in mind that God remains in control. He still sits on the throne of heaven. He hates evil. He loves righteousness even more than we do. And one day, all the evil people of this world will have to face him. At that time, there will be a reckoning. The righteous also have a reckoning, and it will be an eternity forever separated by sin and wickedness. We will enjoy the rewards of holding fast to godliness and we will reign with him forever and ever. We are the broken. Thank you for joining us for today's Understanding the Times Radio with Jan Markell. The video film featured in our last two weeks of broadcast can be found in our online store at our website olivetreeviews.org The title of this documentary is Agenda 2 Masters of Deceit by filmmaker Curtis Bowers This program comes to you free of charge but it costs us thousands of dollars to get it to your home every weekend As we produce and distribute this program coast to coast each week would you consider becoming a partner with us? We're reaching out across America with a message that Jesus is coming again You can support this ministry with a tax-deductible donation in any amount. Please send your gifts to Olive Tree Ministries, Post Office Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. You can also give safely and securely online at olivetreeviews.org or call 763-559-4444. Next week, Jan Markell returns to bring you more Inconvenient Truth. Thanks for listening.